Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Father, we pray now that this word will go forth and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, we pray for everything that be done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So, um, <clears throat> it was a full service gas station and little guy, the little attendants running around putting gas in everybody's car and the line is really long. It's a holiday weekend and everybody is last minute getting gas and about the back of the line is an old minister. And the minister waits and waits and waits and waits and finally gets there to his turn to get gas. And the little tenant is so apologetic. He's, uh, Reverend, I'm so sorry that the line took so long, but, you know, it's, it's been crazy. It's the holiday weekend, and everybody wants to wait to the last minute before they need my services. And the old minister smiled and said, it's okay, son. I do the same thing in my business. They wait for the last minute. <clears throat> so last week... Man, last week was, last week must have been a pretty good sermon because I had a pretty rough week. So um, maybe I'll have another one this week and have another decent sermon. Um, last week we talked about the boat being watertight, that no matter what amount of water was on the outside of the boat, it couldn't sink the boat, right? Y'all remember? It's been seven whole days. I know lots of things have happened since then. Well, if you're in a boat, there, there are like two things like, that make a boat really important, right? One is keeping the water on the outside of it, and two is being able to steer it, right? Because if, even if you do have a waterproof boat and you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have the ability to steer it, uh, you probably would rather it sink, right? Because it's going to be a long, drawn-out process of you getting washed back and forth with the waves. So in our lives... Um, according to James, that we, we actually have something that, that steers the ship. So if you would, turn with me to James chapter 3. And we'll start in verse 2, James 3, 2. And we all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. <clears throat> when we put bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us we can turn the whole animal or take a ship as an example although they are so large and driven by the winds they are steered about by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go likewise the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boast <clears throat> so kind of kind of what we say steers where we go when, when you when you look at the idea of the the rudder behind the boat if you um if you kind of like y'all ever like driven a boat with a rudder not like a motor but like a rudder i mean it, it's tough right i mean when crystal and i get to go to jamaica occasionally one of my favorite things to do is sail i really like to sail i wish i had the ability to do it here i mean because I, I thoroughly enjoy it it is it is quiet and calm and peaceful and is fantastic and it's out over the ocean so you can't take any electronic stuff and it just really is peaceful but you end up with a with a little stick and a rudder and if you're not careful uh you can topple it right on over pretty easily right or you can lock the rudder in one spot and just go round and round and round in circles and see i think that's how the best example of where a lot of christians are is our rudder is either hard left or hard right. 
And we're not really going anywhere. We just kind of go in this little continuous circle around and around and around. And we're not getting any closer to our destination. And we're not getting any further away from where we started. We just kind of in the middle going around. Anybody feel like that? Did you just kind of have that time sometimes where you just, you know, you wake up in a Sunday morning and we go to church and then the next thing you know, it's, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then what do we do on Monday? And then it's Sunday again. And then we learn anything and then we back in the same rut. It just seems like we get into this circle to where we just can't find which way we're supposed to go. But the Bible says that, um, that our mouth has a creative force, and then that's supposed to steer the ship. So I'm going to tell you, if you feel like you're stuck in that circle and it doesn't ever break, maybe you should look at the rudder and how the rudder is set. Because you know, you, if you, you can set the rudder and tie it off on one of those sailboats, right? In fact, that's what they do when they're trying to lock, like make them not go anywhere. They pull the sail down and lock the rudder so it doesn't flounce. So you have one group of people who have the rudder locked all the way right or left, and they repeat the same things over their life. I'll never be anything. I'll never have anything. I never have enough money. I never have enough time. Nobody likes me. I can't get past this. I don't know why. Everything always get the bad breaks. Nothing ever goes my way. Nothing's ever right, right? And those people are just locked in hard right, round and round and round in circles. And they get exactly what they say. And you got other folks like the people that James liked to talk about, that go hard right for a little while, and then hard left for a little while. And then hard right for a little while, and then hard left for a little while. Yes, I believe what the Bible says. Yes, I'm blessed. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, God loves me. Nobody loves me. Everything's terrible. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yes, I believe God loves me. No, I don't believe anybody loves me. There's no stability in it. <clears throat> so that goes back to that maybe we should study to be quiet huh you know the bible says that we have to give an account for all of the words that we say that's gonna be a rough day for me <clears throat> proverbs says let's let's go to proverbs proverbs eighteen twenty. you should know it from the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is full and with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. For the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What you say drives your boat. And you can like that concept, or you can not like that concept. I don't care. I'm telling you just what God's Word says. Well, it shouldn't be that way. Take it up with Him. Get in a little bit more prayer. Maybe... Instead of being more concerned over having to um, live with our circumstances, we should be more apt to make our bodies submit to what God's Word says. That we put a watch over our tongue. That we are careful about what we speak. Y'all <clears throat> ever been in a situation where you got like really mad? And you blew up and you said a bunch of terrible things and then you didn't really mean it. But you had to live and stomach that for a long period of time. Have you ever been in that situation except for you kept your mouth shut? 
You know which one's easier to get over? I, I have done both this week. This, this week, I have done both. I have gotten mad and exploded and said all kinds of stupid things. And then I got really mad. I kept my mouth shut. This one does not haunt me at all. This one still is in my crawl. I haven't been over to get over it yet. We should control our body into what we say. <clears throat> I used to think it was silly when daddy got mad and he'd turn around and walk off. Say nothing. Hmm. Now I think, man, that's pretty strong. To know you're right, to listen to somebody be ridiculous and just be quiet about it and turn around and walk off. What is the value of that? Well, I bet you sleep better. <clears throat> so we are supposed to control our tongue and steer our ship. <clears throat> our words have power and meaning over our lives, right? <clears throat> and you are responsible for your mouth. You are responsible for your mouth. You're responsible for what comes out of your mouth. <clears throat> I always have, probably not secretly, but secretly like been enamored with being able to do impersonations or sounds or different things, like to talk like different people, <clears throat> especially out of movies or whatever. I mean, sometimes I got a pretty good Doc Holiday. I can't do it with this voice. but And then, you know, sometimes I do like Gru or some other silly people, right? But I have been enamored with people who can change their voice to sound like different things, right? And I think about how awesome it is to be able to control your mouth, to be able to to, to do those funny voices or to do whatever. But the older I get, I am more impressed with being able to control your mouth to stop you from making situations worse. And <clears throat> understanding enough that we prophesy over our lives constantly, we speak life or death into our lives, we speak life or death into our relationships. We speak life or death into everything that we touch. <clears throat> and I'm, <clears throat> I'm just telling you, I'm sorry if you don't like it. I didn't get to pick. I would, I would much rather be able to say that y'all ever, I know y'all have because I think I've told it in here. You can tell a, a girl that she is wonderful and beautiful and fantastic and beautiful and gorgeous and wonderful her whole life, and she will not believe you. But you call her fat and stupid one time, and she will remember it for the rest of her life. <laughs> Why is that? The 97 beautifuls do not erase one negative thing. And that's where we're at. We have to be in control of what we say. And Jesus says, well... <clears throat> The gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to start with verse 43. So Luke 6, 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is recognized by its own fruit. 
And people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. For a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. In that last sentence, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you are not speaking life and grace and blessings into your life, then you have two problems. One, you need to learn how to control your tongue. And two is, you need to get some new stuff on the inside of you. If all you can hear is death and destruction, if that's what's in the bottom of your heart, you need to repent and get on your face before God and get that taken out. And I hear it, well, you don't understand, that's just who I am. God said we were a new creation. So if you used to be somebody that only had death and destruction in their heart and soul and mouth, when you got saved, God made you a new creation in his own image, and he don't walk around with death and ill and destruction in his heart. So we shouldn't be, we shouldn't still have that old person in us. I mean, you see all the jokes, right? Yeah, you got to be careful how you talk to me. I'm from the south side of the kingdom, right? I'm a Christian, but I'll still whip your butt. I mean, right? That's what you hear. But then the truth is, is that as we grow and mature as Christians, we should be closer and closer and closer to being able to, under any situation, either A, the Bambi rule, right? If I can't say nothing nice, I'm not going to say nothing at all. Or B, learn how to have the abundance of the heart so full of God's love and grace that no matter what the situation is, that's what comes out. Now, I'm going to tell you for me on those two particular situations, the being quiet is much easier. It's tough to not be quiet, isn't it? Oh, baby. Out of the two things, it is much easier to keep your mouth shut, right? If you're still learning how to fill your heart up with God's love, that that's all will come out no matter what, then you really need to work hard in keeping your mouth shut. Granddaddy used to say, if you really want to know what's going on with somebody, let them hit their finger with a hammer. Then you hear exactly what they think. But as Christians, as we're growing, look, 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 this ain't easy. We, we, we face trials and tribulations. We, we have hills to overcome, right? But while we're learning, maybe we should learn how to keep our mouth shut first until we can figure out what our heart is full of second. Because if your heart ain't full of God's love and mercy and grace, and keep your mouth shut. <clears throat> I've been home alone all weekend, which, um, you know, it's a pretty good concept. You know, I thought I was going to be able to watch football or whatever, and, and I actually did absolutely nothing. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't do anything. I, I, I watched just a smidge of football. I hunted all day. I came home last night, and I'm thinking, what deliciousness am I going to make for supper? Am I going to do crab legs or i'm gonna do a steak or i'm gonna do something awesome for me for supper and i ate a bag of popcorn and got into bed (laughs) well i feel like doing nothing else 
when we are faced with those situations to whether we're going to open our mouth and create more problems or shut our mouth and allow this to pass, man, it seems like this is real easy, but this is a lot more beneficial. So until we can manage what we have in our heart, right? Um, let's flip to the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus likes talking about this a bunch. Um, a couple times in Matthew. Matthew 12. <clears throat> um, and 33. And it's the same discussion over the good tree and the good fruit. Right? <clears throat> yeah, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for the tree is recognized by its fruit 34 you brood of vipers how can you who are evil say anything good for your mouth speaks what your heart is full of right and a good man brings good things that are good that is stored up in him and an evil man brings evil things of what's stored in him but i tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. It's, it's really the same instance, right? This is Luke's take on what happened, and Matthew's take on what happened. But this little one at 37 with Matthew, it bites a little harder, right? For by your words you will be acquitted, or by your words you will be condemned. That's why in the United States, right, we have that thing that says, I plead the fifth. Y'all know what plead the fifth is? That means I don't have to tell you anything that's incriminating on me. I'm not real good at that. I'm not real. Uh, the fifth has never come into, I always just fess up and say. I always tell them myself no matter what anyway. When we're faced with situations that we can't come up with anything good to say, Let's turn. Psalms, <clears throat> this, is, this is the one, right? This is, the, this is where I, I need you to be when we get done with this. Psalms 141. Psalms 141, verse 3. For set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil, so that I may take part in wicked deeds. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Help me keep my mouth shut. Help me know that my words have meaning. Help me understand that what I'm supposed to say, when I'm supposed to say it. That's, that's like one of the, the, being in that situation where Tempers are flaring and people are upset and things are going on to be able to put a guard over your mouth then. See, I, I haven't needed a guard over my mouth Friday night, Saturday, and this morning at my house because it's been me and Crystal's little fuzzy dog. She don't care about anything. In fact, I think she's really a cat in disguise as a dog. The only thing she wants is part of my popcorn. I haven't had to put a guard over my mouth, Right? Because I've been home alone. And believe it or not, pretty quiet as a whole, as hard as that is to believe. 
It's not then that I need to guard over my mouth. It's not then that I need to watch over my lips. Although you still talk to yourself, right? I mean, you, you, you talk to yourself. Some of you out loud and have arguments. But I mean, most of the time it's just inside of your head. <clears throat> but when we need to guard over our mouth is, is in the situations that are not as easy. And when things aren't going our way. When stuff is not exactly right. And it's when you're talking to your kids. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell y'all what, it, this has been a, a toughie. When you put in a situation to where it, it feels like that <clears throat> this is a monumental event, right? Some, something has happened here, and this is bad. The, the two choices of of blowing up and saying things that you don't want to say and putting a guard over your mouth and watching your tongue and be able to handle it in a situation to where it is not something that we remember for 20 years. Right? I mean, there are times where if you could just be quiet, there are times where people have made you mad and things are going on and if you just be quiet, they don't even know. They don't even know. And then all you got to do is get over it. You don't have to live with the, with the ramifications of what's taking place. <clears throat> so really, watching our mouth has, has two points. One is, is that we need to watch how we talk to other people and how we make situations better or worse, right? <clears throat> and as I've got older in my career, in the, in the construction industry especially, I've had instances where people blow up and, and act crazy on the phone or in person and yell and scream. And when I was younger, I'd yell and scream back, and that's exactly what they wanted. But as I've gotten older, especially in the last three or four years, I've had a couple instances where people just lost it with me on the phone and yelled and screaming that crazy. And then when they get done, I go, okay, now let's talk about what the issues are because we have to get past this. I had one not so long ago calling and cussing and screaming and yelling, and I let him say his piece. And at the end of it, I said, all right, now let's really talk about what's going on here and what we can do to move forward. And he was taken back that I would not take the bait, that I would not yell and scream. Now, I'm going to tell you, in my experience, the further you are away from me in my circle, the easier it is for me to ignore what you are saying to me. If you just somebody on the street, I could care less what you have to say. If you're somebody that comes to church here, I care a lot more. If you're somebody that's into my immediate family, I care a lot more. And if you live in my house, I care even more yet, right? That's how we treat. And then the, but the problem is, is that we treat people exactly the opposite. People on the street, we most of the time do not respond and act crazy and yell and scream and tell them how terrible a person they are. People in the church, we don't do. Extended family, probably not so much. But the people that are closest to us because we feel attacked, <clears throat> those are the people that we retaliate. We, 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 I retaliate against the hardest because it hurts the most. And it's in the, that situation where keeping our mouth shut is the most important. I mean, we prophesy over our life of who we are and where we're going and what's going on, whether you believe it or not. We, we've had this conversation uh, Carol and Linda's mom, right? She said she'd never lived to be 50 years old. Never. Healthy, right? Perfectly healthy. 
She was well, she wasn't healthy. Okay. But she said she'd never lived to be 50 years old. She she got exactly what she said. My my granddad, my whole life, I'm gonna live 70 years plus a couple, because that's all God promised me. He died at 72. If I heard him say it once, I heard him say it 500 times, and I thought he was being biblical. Because good Lord promised me 70 plus a couple. You get exactly what you say. So, as Christians, we have to be really careful on what we say and what, <clears throat> what comes out of our heart. So then, it's a lot of a question of a, what are you putting in your heart? What are you watching? What are you hearing? What are you listening to? What do you allow to seep in? Jesus says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Well, if you only had what's between this leather front and this leather back, then it would be nearly impossible to lose your cool and say mean things. It would be nearly impossible to prophesy death and destruction over your life if you only took in what's in the Bible. But we know that's not true. Because there's pop culture and TV and Sports Center and Reels and Face Page and MySpace and all the other things, right? So as we grow as Christians, right? A, we have to be really careful of how we talk to the people around us. B, we have to be really concerned over how we talk about ourselves, right? And C, we have to be very concerned over what's going in the inside of us. Because as it goes into the inside of us, that's where the bad fruit comes from. That's where the, that's where the, the hate and discontent comes from. Right? So we have to watch over our mouth. To watch over our tongue. And it's much easier to be quiet. Wait a minute. It hurts a lot less to be quiet not easy than it is to blow up and yell and scream and act like crazy it's much easier to confess god's word over our life wait a minute it's much more helpful to confess god's word over our life than it is about what the world says about you or newsflash how you feel uh, we we have a little thing going on in my house to where like, I can't put her on blast. Sometimes you just can't tell everybody how you feel. Well, my belly hurts. Well, my head hurts. Well, my eye hurts. Well, my knee hurts. Well, my Yeah, yeah, it's called being human. It's called being human. The older you get, the more things hurt. That is what it is. But instead of confessing that over her, I, I, I tried to get her to say, that I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, she feels better. Instead of just continually repeating how I feel. I feel like I'm never enough. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, you have an A choice and a B choice. What comes out of your mouth? Or C and be quiet. So until we can figure out exactly what needs to come out of our mouth, maybe C is the answer. Maybe you should study to be quiet. Maybe we should be watching over our tongue, making sure that we're not adding to the situation, making sure we're not producing bad fruit. You know, that good fruit is that love, joy, peace.
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the good fruit. So if you're not producing good fruit, then you really need to be worried about what's on the inside of you. And put a watch over your tongue. Praise the Lord, I'm not living this sermon next week. <clears throat> Somewhere completely different, I, I pray. Right? But we're going to put a watch over our tongue. We're going to be the good people with good fruit. Or the quiet people with no fruit, and I'm okay with that. At least you don't have to eat it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you and praise you that it will go forth. And it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.